faith. What is it? How do we live by faith? The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So obviously, this whole idea is a pretty huge deal. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the most incredible acts of faith talked about in the Bible. Events that may seem impossible, but when you factor God into the picture, it all makes perfect sense. It's when our faith is tested, often by years of working and waiting, that the quality of that faith is displayed. Because with God, all things are possible if we are willing to act in faith in God. In the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, we find a pretty incredible event that took place about a man named Noah. Now this is a story that's probably familiar to most of us in here. In Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 9, we read this story of Noah. And here's what it says. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. And now here's the key. This is what makes it all work. So Noah did exactly as God commanded him. He did everything exactly as God commanded him. That's the key. So what can we learn from this? What can we, what principles can we take out of this that we can apply to our life today? And, and, and there are quite a few. But as we look at the story, one of the first things that happened in verse 13, we see that God gave Noah a warning. You know, as I think about our life today, we live with warnings all the time. You know, when you're driving, you know that yellow light? That's a warning. That's not a sign to speed up so you can make it. It's warning you that it's about to turn red, so you better get ready to stop. Especially in our city, we get warnings a lot during this time of the year, known as hurricane season. When we get warned that there's a storm coming, there's a hurricane that's formed, and it's going to make landfall at some point, and we have a choice to make. We can say, we've been warned, we better get out of town, we better protect ourselves. Or we can say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to ride it out. I'm staying at home. And whatever happens, happens. That's all right. You know, we get warnings on things we buy. You know, it's really interesting. As you, as you look at warning labels that companies are required by law to put on products, some of them are quite 
interesting. Here's a few I found this week, and you know you can you can decide for yourself if you think they're as strange as I do. But here's a warning label that was on a bottle of sleeping pills. Nitol sleeping pills. Here's what the warning says. It says, warning, may cause drowsiness. Go figure. I mean, or how about this one? This is on a Bluetooth speakerphone for use in your car while you're driving. It's called the Drive-In Talk. That's the name of it. Now, the warning on the Drive-In Talk says this, warning. Never operate your speakerphone while driving. Or how about this one? On a carton of eggs, just a regular carton of eggs you buy at the grocery store. It says, warning, may contain eggs. It's so crazy, this, the kind of things that they have to put on, on warning labels. But we get warnings all the time. Some of those, like those, might seem kind of silly, but the warning that God gave Noah was very, very serious. He was telling him what was coming was total destruction of the earth and all the living creatures on it. One of the more interesting aspects about this warning, that unlike these companies that are required by law to put warnings on their products, this was a warning that God was under no obligation to give. Because of the way the culture was, God had every right to send the judgment. But the giving of this warning is in and of itself an evidence of God's love and His concern for His creation. We don't know exactly how long it took Noah to build the ark, but our best estimates were that from the time God first told Noah that the flood was coming, to the time the rains actually started, there were about a 120-year period. Think about that. 120 years went by. God gave mankind that much time to turn to Him, to look to Him. And they did nothing. They kept right on doing exactly what they'd been doing. Only Noah listened to the warning. But one of the things we can learn from Noah is that, you know, all Noah had to go on was God's word. You know, most likely that Noah had never seen rain at this point, much less a big flood. And so when God told him that it was going to rain so hard that the water was going to literally destroy the world, you can imagine that probably wasn't the easiest thing for him to believe just because he'd never seen anything like that before. But because God said it, Noah listened. And Noah trusted. See, all that Noah had to go on was God's word both for judgment and for salvation. You know, he had no evidence, none whatsoever, that what God said could or would happen. And even if the judgment did come, he had to trust that God's plan for salvation was going to work. Noah had never seen a boat, and he had certainly never been trained as a boat builder. He was most likely a farmer. But God said that the world was going to be destroyed and that this boat built by Noah would provide the rescue for Noah, his family, and all of the animals on earth. And all that Noah had to go on was God's word that this was coming. But for Noah, that was enough.
I mean, that's really what faith is all about, isn't it? Faith is taking what God has said and believing it simply because God says it. You know, whenever you trust the source of a warning, it brings about a change in your life. You know, we've all had those moments where the weather gets it wrong. Just the other day here, it was pouring down rain outside. And I looked at my weather app on my phone, and it said 0% chance. We've all had those moments. But Noah trusted God completely. And because of this, Noah's life would never be the same. And that's a great lesson for us. Well, another lesson that we can learn was that not only did Noah listen to God and believe the truth about what God was saying, it drove Noah to action. See, God was very specific about the blueprints for the boat. So it was going to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall. It was going to be made of a specific kind of wood. It was going to have three decks. It was going to be coated with pitch or tar inside and out. It was going to have one window and one door. It was basically a giant floating box. You know, now what if what if Noah had been like us? Like we are so many times. Where we, we take what God says, but then we try to add our own flavor to it. You know, God, I believe you. But what if instead of this, we do it this way? Well, God, I trust you. But what if instead of me making this choice, I do this thing first, and then I'll come back to what you said? I mean, what, what if Noah had said, God, you know, I believe you about the coming judgment. And I believe that a boat is the answer. But I, I don't much like your design specs. You know, I want to build it out of pine. That's a lot closer to my house. The gopher wood, that's a lot harder to get to. And I don't want the boat to be so boxy, you know. It needs to have some style to it. I need a hot tub. I, I need a, some state rooms and, you know, a game room and stuff like that. It definitely needs more windows so it can have a lot more airflow through it. And I want to be that captain where I can, you know, look down and see everything. Yeah, you know, honestly, if he were like us... He probably, really, what he'd really want to do is, I want to be able to look down and see all the people. And I want to be able to say, I told you so. You laughed at me, and now you see I was right. But, fortunately, Noah, he didn't make any of these changes. Because he knew that the ark wasn't built for pleasure. It was built for survival. That's what the ark was. There were some things left out of the plans that even a ship built only for survival should have. There were no lifeboats. You know, there was no plan B. If this ark didn't work, then all was lost. Noah's total faith and trust had to be in God's one mode of salvation. You know, that's definitely something that we can learn from today. It's the same way with us. There's no plan B apart from Jesus. We've placed all of our trust in Him and what He did on the cross. See, here at Impact Church, 
We're a Jesus church. We love Jesus, teach Jesus, trust Jesus, believe in Jesus. Jesus is it. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. That's it. There is no plan B. There's no other option. We can't be good enough. We can't do good enough. It's all about Jesus. Just like this. This boat, this ark, this was the only way to escape the, the judgment of the flood. It was the ark or death. That's it. You know, there was no plan B. There was also no rudder or no steering wheel on this boat. You know, Noah had no way of determining what direction the boat was going to go. He was at the mercy of God. He let God take him wherever he wanted to go. You know, we can learn a lot from that by itself. We are more than willing to get on God's ark of safety. But unfortunately, so many times, we want to steer the boat once we get there. We want to go into where we think it should go. See, Noah knew better. Noah understood that God's got a direction. And if we let God do the steering, we will wind up at the very best place that God wants to bring us. It may not necessarily be the easiest journey, but it will be the best journey. See, Noah's Ark wasn't built for style or pleasure or beauty or maneuverability. It was built for stability. It was built for survival. It was built to provide salvation for the human race. See, Noah had a choice to make. He could either change God's plans or he could allow God's plans to change his life. So, so many of us miss out on God's best because of that fear, the fear of the unknown. What if? What if I take this step? What if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What if something even worse happens? You know, it's kind of like when God tells you, I want you to pack up everything, give up your salary, and move to a city you know nobody, and start a church. Do you know that in the last year and a half, I've learned lessons, and I've seen God do things that I never would have imagined, that I never would have learned had I played it safe and not been willing to step out, to step off that ledge where only God can make things happen. You know, what What are you missing out? Because of that fear of the unknown. Is there something right now you know God is calling you to step out and do? But you're just not, you're not ready. You're still just a little unsure. You can imagine that Noah was, was pretty unsure about building this big boat. Especially when people started coming around and laughing at him and mocking him and making fun of him and all Noah had to go on was look God said it I don't understand it doesn't make any sense but God said it I trust that so I'm doing what God tells me you know there, I read a story last week about a guy named John John was CEO president of one of the largest corporations in our nation at the time in the early 80's he was president of Pepsi he had all the money all the perks everything his life was set but he had a conversation with a guy named Steve one day that changed the whole direction of his life. And here's what he said. Here's what John said about that conversation. 
He said what really made it happen for him. Because what Steve was asking John to do was to leave his secure, wealthy job at Pepsi and come on board Steve's little company that was unproven. It wasn't huge. It didn't have all the money yet. And there was a chance that it wouldn't work out. And Steve was asking John to take that risk. And John said, here's what made it for me. Steve asked me this question. He said, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugared water? Or do you want a chance to change the world? See, John was a man by the name of John Scully. And Steve, many of us in here will recognize Steve. Steve was a man named Steve Jobs. And the company was Apple. See, that's, that's where we all are right now. God says, do you want a chance to make a difference? To make an eternal impact on this world? That's what God offers each and every one of us. Whether that means with our neighbor or with our workplace or hundreds of people, that's what God offers Do we want a chance to change the world? That's what we're here to do at Impact Church. We don't want to just play church. We're not satisfied with the status quo. The fact that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people right outside this building living their lives and heading for a place of eternal separation from God called hell. That's not okay with me. Somebody's going to tell them about who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And that Jesus died for them so that they could experience life, life to the fullest. See, too many people are content to play it safe. Too many churches are content to play it safe and just do what seems easy or convenient. You know, Noah's neighbors, they, you know, they could tell that Noah was doing something, something big, but they had no idea what it was. And you can only imagine the, the, the talk that came from them when Neighbors would come by and, and laugh and make fun. And, Noah, what you, what you doing? What you building there, Noah? What's, what's that big thing? You've been working on it for years and years and years. And you, you, what do you mean a flood? is? What's a flood? I mean, we're not near water. Is that thing going to even float, Noah? And, and then when Noah would tell them, look, God told me he's getting ready to destroy the world with a flood. I'm building this boat for me and my family and the animals and anybody else that wants to come. And I'm sure they laughed, and they mocked, and they made fun. But Noah kept on building. Noah kept on telling them why he was building. You know, it would have been a lot easier on Noah and his family if he would have been able to keep this building thing hidden. You know, if everything hadn't been so public. But it's kind of hard to hide the fact that you're building something that's one and a half football fields long. And as tall as a four-story building. You know, Noah had no choice but to make his faith very, very public. But we see that Noah responded exactly right. Noah did everything exactly as God commanded. That's the response we should have. No matter what God asks of us, our answer is yes. Not yes, but. Not yes, if. Yes, just like Noah. Exactly as God tells us. You know, there are some important, there are some important lessons that we can get out of this event. 
the first one is plan ahead. You know, it wasn't raining when Noah started building the ark. It had never rained. But when the rains came, Noah was ready. Or how about this one? Stay ready. Be ready. Don't ever feel like you're too old to do something. Especially to do something for God. You know, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty old. And I doubt any of us in here can use ages as an excuse when we read something like that. Or how about this one? Don't listen to the critics. Do what needs to be done. Do what God tells you to do. There's always going to be critics. There's always going to be people that tell you it can't be done. You're wasting your time. You're sacrificing everything. It's not worth it. There's going to be people, probably well-meaning people, maybe even people very close to you, maybe even family members, that will tell you, don't do this. You're making a mistake. God didn't really tell you that. Don't listen to the critics. Or this one. Speed isn't everything. Remember, the slowest animals, they made it on the boat too. It's not about how quick we can accomplish things. It's about God's timing and when He wants it to be finished. Or how about this? Remember, the ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic was built by professionals. And we know how that ended. See, God's plans are always best and always right, even when they don't make sense. That's where the faith comes in. See, we serve a God who makes the impossible possible. As we see from this account of Noah, sin brings judgment. God, who created and even now sustains everything, truly is concerned with right and wrong. You know, as Noah was put in a new world to experience a new life, just like us today are brought into a a totally new experience with Jesus. Not to live the rest of our life here on earth for simple human desires, but rather to live for God, to make God's desires our desires. See, because of sin, judgment has to happen. But that's what I love about this story of the ark, because the Old Testament ark is a great picture of what Jesus was in the New Testament for us. See, because of our sin, we deserve judgment. We deserve death, just like the Bible says. But because of Jesus, just like the ark was for Noah, Jesus became our ark. Jesus made it possible for us to be delivered from our judgment by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. Just as Noah put his trust in the ark, we put our trust in the person of Jesus Christ who lived and willingly gave his life on a cross and rose again, just like the Bible says.
That's what we teach here at Impact Church. That's what we believe. That's why we're a Jesus church. You know, if you're here today and you say, I want to have a faith that I can trust when life gets hard. Now, I can tell you that the only faith that will get you through is a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you're here today and say, yes, I need that. I want that. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. You know, none of us are perfect. And the penalty for that sin, for the wrong that all of us have done, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. See, what we deserve, the, the penalty that we owe for our sin is death, but Jesus paid that price. He paid a price that we couldn't pay. That's the good news of the gospel. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And it's not about how good we can be or how much we can do. We can't do enough. We can't be good enough. It's not in us. It's all about Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's the good news. That's the gospel. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're here tonight and you say, I need that, I'm ready for that, I'm going to ask everyone just to bow your head and close your eyes. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this prayer isn't magic words. But if you say, I'm ready to begin a new life, I'm ready to make Jesus number one. To make Jesus the master of my life. Then just repeat this silently after me.